Hi. Hi. I'm glad you're here. This is the Barefoot Office, and we'll be reading the Gospel according to Matthew. And I invite you to take your shoes off, maybe pause and light a candle. Turn off your overhead lights. Do something to reduce the amount of light coming into your eyes so that you won't be so stimulated in your senses so that your mind and your spirit and your heart are free to listen. This first time as we read, what word or phrase sticks out to you? You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Whereas I tell you that everyone looking at a married woman in order to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to falter, remove it and fling it away from you. For it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish rather than that your whole body should be thrown into the veil of Hinnom. And if your right hand causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you. For it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish, rather than that your whole body should depart into the vale of Hinnom. Moreover, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, he must provide her with a writ of separation. Whereas I tell you that everyone who divorces his wife, except in cases of whorishness, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever weds a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, You shall not swear oaths falsely, and you shall render up to the Lord what your oaths are sworn upon. Whereas I tell you not to swear at all, neither by heaven, inasmuch as it is God's throne, nor by the earth, inasmuch as it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem, inasmuch as it is the great king's city, Neither swear by your own head, inasmuch as you cannot make a single hair white or black. Rather, let your utterance be yes, yes, no, no, because it is from the roguish man that anything more extravagant than this comes. What word or phrase sticks out to you? For me it was, you shall not swear oaths. And then of course, this is a difficult passage for me. All the adultery language, because that's part of my story. So it's hard. The second time, as we read, where do you hear, where do you see God showing up? You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. 
Whereas I tell you that everyone looking at a married woman in order to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to falter, remove it and fling it away from you. For it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish rather than that your whole body should be thrown into the veil of Hinnom. And if your right hand causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you. For it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish rather than that your whole body should depart into the veil of Hinnom. Moreover, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, he must provide her with a writ of separation. Whereas I tell you that everyone who divorces his wife, except in cases of whorishness, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever weds a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear oaths falsely. And... You shall render up to the Lord what your oaths are sworn upon. Whereas I tell you not to swear at all, neither by heaven inasmuch as it is God's throne, nor by the earth inasmuch as it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem inasmuch as it is the great king's city. Neither swear by your own head inasmuch as you cannot make a single hair white or black. Rather, let your utterance be, yes, yes, No, no, because it is from the roguish man that anything more extravagant than this comes. Where do you see God in this passage? For me, it's a deep struggle having been taught and pushed and believing and enjoying my whole life that Jesus is my higher power, that Jesus is God. And yet, here again, Jesus being so fierce. This is the longest section we've read in, for sure this week, maybe a couple of weeks in the book of Matthew, all about adultery. And it's hard for me to say out loud, even though I think I know everyone listening to this and they all already know, but that I've had an affair, that I've been separated from my wife for eight months, that I kind of bent heaven and earth to my will, or it felt that way to not move back in during this quarantine time. That we had couples counseling on Tuesday and that she said she's ready to start the mediation process. And it's just strange because as with much Nothing really in my life or experience prepared me for this. Prepared me to not be in love, to not have anything left to give, to be so angry, to have so much conflict, to be so completely hurt, to be so abandoned and to know it.
can't remember if it was in the podcast last night or if it was afterwards where I was thinking about forgiveness and about the getcha God and how my higher power or my lowest self or something inside of me just holds on to every little thing, every little error, every little flaw. And I do that. And I've done it to my wife. And I just think, how can I possibly be healed from this? These hurts. And it's hard thinking, reading about forgiveness to see that, oh, I can because I can let it go. But I don't know how to let it go, but I have to let it go. But if I let it go, does it mean that I have to subject myself to the same treatment? Does it mean that treatment wasn't real? I just, I don't know. And I don't know if I'll know in time or if it's already too late and it may be. I don't know. And it's hard. On a brighter note, I do swear significantly less because I wore a rubber band on my wrist and I snapped it during Lent every time I swore and now I'm much more likely to say something like holy buckets or um, for the everlasting love of almighty Christ which I suppose is a swear but at least isn't a four letter word the end this third time as we read What is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? You have heard it said, you shall not commit adultery. Whereas I tell you that everyone looking at a married woman in order to lust after her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your right eye causes you to fall to remove it and fling it away from you, for it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish, rather than that your whole body should be thrown into the veil of Hinnom. And if your right hand causes you to falter, cut it off and fling it away from you, for it is expedient for you that one of your members should perish, rather than that your whole body should depart into the veil of Hinnom. Moreover, it has been said, whoever divorces his wife, he must provide her with a writ of separation. Whereas I tell you that everyone who divorces his wife, except in cases of whorishness, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever weds a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear oaths falsely, and you shall render up to the Lord what your oaths are sworn upon. Whereas I tell you not to swear at all, neither by heaven inasmuch as it is God's throne, nor by the earth inasmuch as it is the footstool of his feet, nor by Jerusalem inasmuch as it is the great king's city. Neither swear by your own head inasmuch as you cannot make a single hair white or black. Rather let your utterance be yes, yes, no, no, because it is from the roguish man that anything more extravagant than this comes.
where do you see, what is God calling you to do or to be in this passage? For me, I just thought and got caught on that What's the phrase? Remove your right eye and fling it away. Cut off your right hand and fling it away from you. But what do you do when the thing that takes you outside of your marriage or your relationship seems to be your heart or maybe even your faith? How do you cut out your heart and fling it away? Something I've struggled with in these last few months. And in part, I've done that work. Mourning, screaming, crying for what feels like eternity on end sometimes, being overwhelmed with sadness and grief and desolation. And so not seeking to turn around or put a positive spin on things or move to hope too fast, I just say that that for now is enough. I've not spiritually bypassed this. I have suffered. And still do. The prayer for the fourth week of Easter. O God, whose son Jesus is the good shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God forever and ever. Amen. Hope, joy, and forgiveness be yours, burning in your heart, with the light even of this same Jesus, the light of God which you are always.